In the name of the Father, the Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. I'd like to welcome you all to our Perseverance Family Conversation. And as always, it's a great pleasure to be with all of you. And we'd like to invite you to be with us in our Perseverance Family Conversation, the Blessed Mother. Mary has many beautiful titles. Mary is known as the, she's the mother of God. Mary is the mother of the church. And Mary is the mother of each and every one of us. The mother of God, the mother of the church, and the mother of each and every one of us. Also, when we pray the Hail Holy Queen, we invoke Mary as our life, our sweetness, and our hope. So let's uh, invite Mary to be with us as we pray the prayer that she loves most, and that's the Hail Mary, together. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for our sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. I would like to invite to be with us our spiritual guide. Our spiritual guide is the Holy Spirit. What a great privilege it is for us to have the Holy Spirit as our as our guide. Holy Spirit is uh, is also known as the Paraclete. Holy Spirit is also known as the gift of gifts. Holy Spirit is also known as the sweet guest of our soul. Holy Spirit is also known as our consoler. He's also known as our counselor. He's also known as our interior master. St. Paul says this. He says we really don't know how to pray as we ought. But the Holy Spirit he intercedes with ineffable groans so that we can say Abba. Abba, which means Daddy or Father. Daddy or Father. So let's uh, invite the Holy Spirit to be with us to give us a lot of light, a lot of peace, a lot of joy. As we pray, come Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful and enkindle within us the fire of your divine love. Send forth your spirit and they shall be created. Thou shalt renew the face of the earth. Let us pray. O God, who did instruct the hearts of your faithful 
by the light of the Holy Spirit. Grant us that by the same Spirit we may be truly wise and ever rejoice in his consolation through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. Glory be to the Father, to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Our Lady Guadalupe, pray for us. St. Joseph, pray for us. St. Michael the Archangel, pray for us. St. Gabriel, pray for us. St. Raphael, pray for us. All God's angels and saints, pray for us. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, Amen. We welcome you all to our Perseverance family, and as always, we promise to pray for you in the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass. That's right. The greatest of all prayers is the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass. I'd like to place all of you on the altar. All of you on the altar. That God's abundant blessings will descend upon you. These will be my intentions. First reading today, the prophet Isaiah <coughs> mentions the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Mentions the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Like to pray that all of us would be open to the inner workings, the gifts of the Holy Spirit in our lives. That we would try to be docile. That's right, docile to the gifts of the Holy Spirit. This might be our prayer. This might be our prayer. Come, Holy Spirit. Come. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Come through the heart of Mary. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Come, Holy Spirit, come through the heart of Mary. My next intention, I'd like to place all of us on the altar that we would we would work at um, getting to know our faith better. We call this we call this our permanent formation. As professionals have to be constantly renewing themselves by studies and courses and seminars and this and that. So we as followers of Christ, as Catholics, we should make a concerted effort in our lives to keep renewing 
our faith, by studying our faith, by going deeper in our faith. My third intention will be to pray for the conversion of sinners. Most specifically to pray for the conversion of deathbed sinners. Lady Fatima said years back that many sinners are lost because we do not pray and offer up sacrifices for them. So the salvation of souls is at stake. That's right. The salvation of souls is at stake. So in your prayers today, place on the altar deathbed sinners. Sinners that are about to die and perhaps many of them are not, are not prepared. Not at all. Jesus says it will come like a thief in the night. Last Sunday's Gospel, Jesus says it will be like in the time of Noah. People marrying, eating and drinking and totally oblivious to total oblivious to their eternal destiny, which is heaven. So, we'll pray for this intention. All right, my friends, today, in the readings, we have the prophet Isaiah. Prophet Isaiah, chapter 11, verse 1 to 10 in which the Word of God says, the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, a spirit of wisdom and of understanding, a spirit of counsel and strength, a spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord, and his delight shall be the fear of the Lord. The Gospel today starts off with with Jesus rejoiced in the Holy Spirit. So the common thread, the common thread for today is the presence and the working of the Holy Spirit. The presence and the working of the Holy Spirit. So as we start off our Advent journey heading as pilgrims toward the stable of Bethlehem following the star. The essential message of the Word of God today is the reality, the reality of the Spirit. The reality of the Spirit. When I'm giving my talks, 
over time I've given a course on the Acts of the Apostles. Acts of the Apostles, after, after Easter we read through the Acts of the Apostles for 50 days. The Acts of the Apostles can actually be called the, the Gospel of the Holy Spirit. I like to speak about the Holy Spirit. And that's the message today. Who is the Holy Spirit? What are His gifts? How does the Holy Spirit work in us, in our lives? So I'd like to start off with an anecdote, and then we can talk about the Holy Spirit and see how we can be more docile and open, open to the Holy Spirit. That is my first intention that I place on the altar, that all of us would be open and docile to the Holy Spirit. For many years, for many years I've, uh, I've been a teacher, and I like to teach on all different levels. I, I've taught <coughs> children First Communion. Many years I've taught uh, confirmation to the teenagers. <clears throat> Over the past 20 years in the parish, I've been giving formation classes to the adults in Spanish and English. I've given the talks to those who are, are, are really open by doing the spiritual exercise of St. Ignatius, as well as right now on my book, Marin Compendium, so I've taught on many different levels. And as a priest, we're called to pray and to preach, our two principal obligations, to pray for the people of God, but also then we're called to preach or to teach. So remember many years ago, it was getting close to confirmation, And now and then the bishop in the confirmation mass will sometimes question the students on some person, some important aspects of the Catholic faith. They're telling my boys that, you know, the bishop might ask you a few questions. I want to make sure that you respond well. Otherwise, you'll put me in a bad light. I'll get in the doghouse. So we'd had a class earlier on the Holy Spirit. So I asked them, okay, the bishop might ask you, who is the Holy Spirit? So we've had a class on that, who is the Holy Spirit? He asked them again, now, who is the Holy Spirit? Third time I said, hey, come on, I told you, who is the Holy Spirit? One boy raised his hand and he said, the bird. He said, the bird. Now, I can already hear you laughing in the background, the bird. Or if you're from New York, the boyd, the bird. Well, 
this uh, confirmation student was not fully off the mark because one of the symbols for the Holy Spirit is that the Holy Spirit is symbolically depicted as the dove. The dove that alighted upon our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ for his baptism. But it could be that many of us do not really know the Holy Spirit that well. Therefore, both Isaiah and the Gospel today speaks about the Holy Spirit. So, let's try to get to know the Holy Spirit better. Following up on this story, I mentioned that the Acts of the Apostles is... The Acts of the Apostles is known at times as the gospel of the Holy Spirit. As the gospel of the Holy Spirit. As the gospel of the Holy Spirit. Toward the end of the Acts of the Apostles, They're going to the interior. And I think it's that they're in Ephesus and Paul is preaching. And he asks the people, have you received the Holy Spirit? Have you received the Holy Spirit? And they said, the Holy Spirit? No, we haven't so much as heard that there is a Holy Spirit. And Paul said, well, what baptism did you receive? We said, we received the baptism of John the Baptist. So Paul went on to educate them all the more and to pray over them and to communicate to them the Holy Spirit by baptism, by the imposition of the hands. So baptism and confirmation. So there we also see in the Acts of the Apostles in ignorance. They said, we haven't even so much as heard that there is a Holy Spirit. So I think that this this day in which the church offers us two direct, explicit reference to the Holy Spirit, we might renew our knowledge, devotion, and love to the Holy Spirit. By the way, I'm a I'm a writer. I think most of you know that. But one of my one of my um, best prayers I ever wrote is a prayer on the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit. And you have many of those gifts, of the Holy Spirit, and Isaiah today. You might even get a copy of my prayer to the Holy Spirit and start to pray that. So there's really so much that can be said about the Holy Spirit. We want to be praying for docility to the Holy Spirit. There's a modern author that's becoming more and more popular in spirituality. His name is Father Jacques Philippe. 
He's a French writer and priest. He's written many small books that a lot of people are getting getting many graces from reading these small books. One of my favorites pertinent to our topic is he wrote a book probably about published about 10 years ago. And the name of the book is, the title of the book is The School of the Holy Spirit. So the whole, the whole book is dedicated to the Holy Spirit, getting to know the Holy Spirit. In this book, he tells a personal anecdote <coughs> which is a linchpin that basically pulls the whole book together. Pulls the whole book together. This is a story. Father Jacques Philippe is a writer as well as a retreat master. And myself, I've given many retreats in the past and will be given retreats in the future because part of our charism, essential part of our charism is Ignatian exercises and that encompasses giving three-day retreats, eight-day retreats, 30-day retreats. Sometimes silent, others are preached. So Father Jacques Philippe comes back after a tiring retreat and having given retreats, it can be very very tiring because you're giving talks, you're, you're Hearing confessions, you're, you're, you have spiritual direction. It can be very demanding. So he comes back to his residence and he's very tired. But interiorly, he seems to hear a voice within. We call this an interior locution. It's the interior voice of the Spirit speaking within us, called a locution. And what he hears is, the voice from within says, go to visit, go to the church and make a visit to the Blessed Sacrament. Come back from a busy retreat. Go back and go go into the church and, and greet the Lord. Because of his exhaustion, there's a res, an initial resistance. But finally, he capitulates. He accepts this docile invitation to go in the church, his chapel. He goes in, makes a short visit, heads off to his room, 
and has a good night's rest. Now, what would have happened if he were not to have made that visit? He would have resisted an inspiration from the Holy Spirit, not being docile. And probably it would have been more difficult for him to get to sleep because of qualms of conscience. He gotten up maybe a little bit more grumpy. <clears throat> so, the essential message of that book of Jacques Philippe, School of the Holy Spirit, is that as Jacques Philippe had these inspirations, he had these inspirations. The interior movement of the heart. These inspirations. And he said yes to it. I really believe, my friends, that's our life too. What happened to him happens to you. You who are in my Perseverance family. Many of you, you're trying to be faithful to your Holy Hour. Many of you are heading to daily Mass. Many of you are praying a rosary or more than one rosary. Many of you are trying to make the habit of frequent confession. Many of you are apply, applying yourself to spiritual direction. Many of you in the, this Perseverance family, you know you're really progressing really well. You are, you're climbing the mountain of holiness. They spoke about St. John on the cross and one of his spiritual works is the ascent to Mount Carmel, giving us an analogy that our spiritual life is like climbing a mountain. But that story of Jacques Philippe, it's my story as well as it's your story. That the Holy Spirit wants to work in us. The Holy Spirit is prompting us to be docile to Him. The Holy Spirit <coughs> is God within. Now the Holy Spirit also Holy Spirit also is, if I can use one word in Spanish that many of you know, the Holy Spirit is un caballero. Some of you are bilingual. What does it mean the Holy Spirit is un caballero? Caballero in English would be he's a gentleman. So, for example, in that case of Father Jacques Philippe, if he were to have said no to the Holy Spirit, then the Holy Spirit would have recoiled. He would have retrieved. He would have pulled back. Because the Holy Spirit, being a gentleman, he does not force himself upon us. But he respects our free will. That's right. He does not force himself upon us, but he respects our free will. And then the Holy Spirit will come back to Father Jacques Philippe 
then inspire him again. The more that we say yes to Holy Spirit, the more he, more abundant are his graces and the more he, he comes to us and we can arrive at a point where we're very docile to the Holy Spirit, like hand and glove, where the Holy Spirit is really taking possession of us. Our minds, our hearts, our souls, our whole being. Our hearts, our minds, our soul, our whole being. He's taking possession of us, the Holy Spirit. And we can say with St. Paul, it's no longer I who live, but it's the Holy Spirit that lives within us. So, it's incumbent upon us to be very docile to the Holy Spirit. Very docile to the Holy Spirit. In the mystery, there's much that can be said about the Holy Spirit, but if we really want to get to know the Holy Spirit, In the mystery of the Blessed Trinity, this is one of the best depictions I have of the Blessed Trinity and the Holy Spirit in modern art. And here we have it. Okay, this is a, you see, if you look at this artistic depiction, you have. This is the vision of Sister Lucia of Fatima. You have Jesus on the cross, Mary beneath the cross. The very top of the picture, you have God the Father with his arms open. And in between, in between, the Father above and Christ on the cross, you can see that there is there is a a white dove. A white dove. So the Father is the first person of Trinity. Jesus is the second person of Trinity. The Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity. The Father is known as the Creator. The Son is the Redeemer. And the Holy Spirit is the Sanctifier. To the Father is attributed power. To the Son is attributed wisdom. To the Holy Spirit is attributed love. So the Father loves the Son. The Son loves the Father. And the mutual bond of love between the Father and the Son is the Holy Spirit. And if you look in the background of my studio, in the background of my studio on the wall, on that side in the wall, you can actually see the same picture that I just showed to you right now in my studio. Father's above, the Son is below, and between the two is the Holy Spirit. So, 
My friends, you're trying to get to know who the Holy Spirit is. And if we really want to live out, we really want to live out Advent and prepare ourselves for Christmas, that what the church is saying today through these readings is very clear. The church is saying that if we want to prepare ourselves for Christmas, we should not forget we should not forget the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives. So there we have the presence of the Holy Spirit in the in the Trinity. Let's move to another presence of the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Blessed Trinity. The Father loves the Son. The Son loves the Father. The mutual bond of love between the Father and the Son is the Holy Spirit. Is the Holy Spirit. Now, let's move from the Trinity itself to the Church. We might ask ourselves, now, where is the, where is the Holy Spirit in the mystery of the church, with the church, the church which is known as the mystical body of Christ. The church which is the mystical body of Christ. The head of the church is our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. One of his primary purpose is he wants to glorify God the Father. So Christ the head, we are the members. St. Peter says that we are the living stones. The living stones of the church are we as Catholics. We as Catholics, we are, we are living, the living stones of the church. What about the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit, my friends, the Holy Spirit, my friends, is the soul of the church. When I say the word soul, soul can be defined as the living principle, the life, the breath of the church is the Holy Spirit. Is the Holy Spirit. So let's move now from the Trinity, the Holy Spirit in the Trinity, then from the Holy Spirit in the church. Let's move now to the Holy Spirit in our own lives. Remember years ago, I was uh, in the church office and a lady called, many years ago, and she was asking about baptisms and I was encouraging her to get her child baptized 
And she's putting it off for some reason. I said, well, your, your little, your little child is not a child of God yet. And she said, yes, he is. I said, well, is he baptized? No, then he's not a child of God. Then what is he? They said, he's, he's a creature of God. She didn't like that at all. And she hung up on me. Well, what can I say? I just told her the truth. That's the theological truth. Until we are baptized, Jesus says to Nicodemus, unless one be baptized of water and the Holy Spirit, John chapter 3, by the way, unless one be baptized of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. He cannot enter the kingdom of God. It's the spirit that gives life. The flesh profits for nothing. Unless one be born of water and the Holy Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. So once we are baptized, not only does that wash away original sin, But also, it transforms us into sons and daughters of God. I've had a lot of pastoral experience as a priest, and many of our talks I'll present to you pastoral experiences that I've had and tried to apply this to our own lives. Years ago, Years ago, I would, one day a week, I would be spending the morning visiting homes. Because there are many Catholics that don't practice the faith, so I thought, well, if they're not going to come to church, I'll go after them. And I'd talk to them, encourage them, sometimes hear their confession. So one occasion, I went to a house and uh, there was a mother with her little girl who was about three, I'd say maybe four years old. And the little girl was not baptized. And I remember trying to put the my scapular on the little girl and she threw it off. I tried to put it on, she threw it off. Sprayed with holy water and she recoiled. I remember battling with the little girl, trying to put the scapular on, but she kept throwing it off. Finally, within six months, the little girl, the mother brought the little girl into the church to be baptized. The little girl was probably three or four years old. And I did not do the baptism. But Father Al Hall had done the baptism. Father Al Hall is very level-headed, very intelligent, very calm. But he said when he tried to baptize this little girl, all hell broke loose. All hell broke loose. And to calm the little girl down, it took, I think, a couple of men to do it. And he finally did baptize her. 
Then there was a calmness and peace. Then a little girl came to First Communion, went to Whitney High School, then she went to Confirmation, and was really radically transformed. I'll never forget that experience. And one way in which I interpret that is that I'm not going to say that the little girl was possessed by the devil. I'm not going to say that. But she was under the influence of the she's under the influence of the evil spirit. It was taking throwing off the scapula, which is our sign of consecration to Mary. It's not a good sign. It's not a good sign. And then the battle to get the little girl close to the baptismal font and finally baptize her was a real struggle. But once the child was baptized, calmness. It's like the tempest subsided and there was passions were subdued and the child became calm. So what I'm saying, my friends, is we receive the gift of the Holy Spirit at the moment of baptism. Not only does baptism wash away original sin, but it also gives us the theological virtues of faith, hope, and charity, the moral or cardinal virtues of justice, temperance, prudence, and fortitude, and finally gives us also the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And the prophet Isaiah, chapter 11, 1 to 10, mentions most of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So these gifts of the Holy Spirit are planted within our souls. But they have to be cultivated. For that reason, St. Teresa of Avila St. Teresa of Avila. She compares our soul. She compares our soul to a garden. That's right. Compares our soul to a garden. If you plant flowers or tomatoes or carrots or roses, whatever. You plant in the garden. If you do not tend the garden, then those seeds that you planted, they will wither and die. So garden has to be cultivated constantly. By exposing the garden, hopefully the sun, by watering the garden, by placing mulch upon the garden and also by the process of weeding where you're pulling up the weeds because the weeds can easily suffocate 
and kill the flowers or the plants. The flowers or the plants. So my friends, we're talking about the first reading today in the Gospel, where the Gospel says, For Jesus rejoice in the Holy Spirit. I give you praise, Father, Lord of heaven and earth. There in that verse, Luke chapter 10, verse 21, you have also, my friends, one verse which presents the, the Blessed Trinity. Jesus rejoiced in the Holy Spirit and said, I give praise, Father, Lord of heaven and earth. Jesus, the second person, the Holy Spirit, the third person, Father, the first person. In that one verse, Luke chapter 10, verse 21, you have a clear indication of the greatest mystery in our Catholic faith. That mystery is the mystery of the Blessed Trinity. The mystery of the Blessed Trinity. Mystery of the Blessed Trinity. So there we have our soul becomes a living temple, a living tabernacle of the Blessed Trinity. And of course, we become a living tabernacle of the Holy Spirit. St. Paul goes on, do not sadden the Holy Spirit. St. Paul also says in Romans, we don't know how to praise, we ought, but it's the Holy Spirit that intercedes with ineffable groans. So that we can say, Abba, Father. The Holy Spirit. How important, my friends, is the Holy Spirit in our lives? How important? For that reason, the prophet Isaiah mentions the gifts of the Holy Spirit. You're baptized, you're confirmed, you're living in the state of grace, then the Holy Spirit is present. And as we talked about Father Jacques Philippe, you're going to be having these inspirations of the Holy Spirit working on you. But the Holy Spirit will always respect our freedom. He's in caballero. He's not going to force himself upon us. But the Holy Spirit invites us by gently knocking. We're called to open up the door of our hearts to the Holy Spirit. Now, what are these Holy Spirit? <coughs> what are these gifts of the Holy Spirit? So, the prophet Isaiah, chapter eleven, mentions most of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. There are actually seven gifts of the Holy Spirit. And I think it's a good idea for you as followers, as part of our Perseverance family, well, all of us should try to try to memorize the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And I said earlier, if you, if you get my prayer card and you pray that on a daily basis, you're going to get to know the gifts of the Holy Spirit because the card is written 
in which we're praying that these gifts would be operative in us. So the card is also catechetical. It's also catechetical. In my many classes to the adults, very rarely has an adult, much less a confirmation student, been able to name the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So this ignorance of the Holy Spirit, like in Ephesus, when I asked who's the Holy Spirit, the bird, it's still, pre- it's still prevalent among most Catholics. Most Catholics. So once you're baptized, you have these gifts of the Holy Spirit working within you. Okay, here they are. St. Thomas Aquinas, of course, the greatest theologian in the Catholic Church. He divides the gifts of the Holy Spirit in those that perfect the intellect, the others that perfect the will. Perfecting of the intellect, the mind, and perfecting of the will. What are they? Here they are, my friends. The gifts of the Holy Spirit that we receive in the moment of baptism. Wisdom. Knowledge. Understanding. Counsel. Fortitude. Piety. Fear of the Lord. I'd like to say these again so that maybe you're, ta- maybe you're taking notes. Hopefully, maybe some of you have a photographic memory, but maybe it hasn't been developed yet. Okay? You may have a photographic memory, but it hasn't been developed yet. Hopefully, it will be developed by the working of the Holy Spirit. So let's go through them again. Wisdom, which according to Aquinas is the greatest of all the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Wisdom. Knowledge. Understanding. Counsel. Fortitude, piety, and fear of the Lord. Our sanctification depends a lot upon our docility to these seven gifts of the Holy Spirit. So wisdom, knowledge, and understanding perfect the intellect. Counsel connects the intellect to the will. And the gifts that perfect the will would be fortitude, piety, and fear of the Lord. An analogy that's given by the church fathers on the importance of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. 
fathers the church this would be many years ago give us this analogy but it's still applicable to ourselves today okay try to imagine that you're going to try to cross you're going to try to cross a river And the river is maybe, say, three miles. You might think of trying to cross it by swimming. But unless you're a very good swimmer, you're probably not going to make it. Then you might think, well, maybe a canoe. But if you've got rough waters, you probably won't make it. Maybe, how about a rowboat where two of you are you're rowing toward the shore against the current? Maybe you can make it, but it's going to be difficult. Then the church fathers give us another, another option. How about, my friends, the use of a sailboat. That's right. The use of a sailboat. So you get the sailboat and you have the seven sails. And then you have the captain that's basically managing the sailboat. Which of those means you think could be most efficacious in crossing safely to the other shore? Swimming, you're probably going to drown. The canoe probably capsize. Rowing, you're going to lose your energy and your strength. But the key to the sailboat is you have to know where and when the wind is coming. That's right. Knowing where and when the wind is coming. Because if the captain can detect where the wind is coming from, then the captain simply has to lift up the veils, lift up the sails, and allow the wind to do all the work. That's symbolic of our spiritual life. The rough, the rough waters in the river is the world in which we live. The boat is our soul. The seven sails would be the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit. And the wind 
also known as the breath of God, the wind, my friends, the powerful wind, is the Holy Spirit. And the navigator, the captain, has to know where and when that wind is coming. He's got to lift up those sails and allow the wind to blow forcefully into those sails. And that will impetuously push the ship to the shore. My friends, let us turn to Mary. Mary is the mother of God. Mary is the mother of the church. And she's the mother of each and every one of us. Mary is the daughter of God the Father. The mother of God the Son. She's the mystical spouse of the Holy Spirit. Let's beg the Blessed Virgin Mary in this season of Advent through the reading of the words of God from Isaiah and chapter Luke, chapter in Luke, that we would be open and docile to the Holy Spirit. And may Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen.